You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, Episode 36, Forgiveness. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. I have reached a new level of parenting, and if you follow me on Facebook, then you may have seen the post. Rather than engaging in a discussion, one that may have been filled with argument or tension or some eye-rolling, I simply suggested he listen to a podcast. My podcast, episode 34 on (laughs) self-talk. Maybe that would say it all without me having to say it directly to him. It brought a lot of joy to be able to do that. Who knows where the work is going to take you and what it's going to mean for others. So if you have a teenager or a family member and you want to say something, but you don't want to say it directly, just refer them to the podcast. (laughs) Today we are talking about forgiveness. It's a big subject, so we're going to just take a piece of it. But before going any farther, what does it mean for you? It's essential to start there because that term alone is going to bring up something for you, to you. It has meaning. Is it a time in your life or a situation? Is it a person? Have you granted forgiveness or received it? I ask because what's already in your mind, that's what's taking up space. That's what's going to come up. And what we want to do is not only allow it to come up, but to see if we can add to it or piece through it or, or create something usable for you. Your idea of forgiveness, how you perceive it, how you live it, how you experience it, or dare I say, how you block it or refuse it or think maybe it's not accessible, that's important. That's our starting place. All right, so do you have a picture of it? And we can use the word forgive, forgiving, Forgiveness, forgave. So let's see what the dictionary says. To cease to feel resentment against an offender. To give up resentment or claim to requital. Grant relief of payment. To give up all claim. And here are the synonyms. Pardon, excuse, absolve, acquit. There's even some terms that go along with it in the dictionary. Bury the hatchet. Let bygones be bygones. Turn the other cheek. Wipe the slate clean. And bear no malice. That's quite a difference between some of those, right? Turn the other cheek versus bear no malice. Very different terms. And here are the antonyms. Resent, blame, charge, punish, accuse, condemn. Those are harsh. Do you ever notice that it's easier to focus on what we don't want rather than what we do want? Like if you ask somebody, where do you want to go to eat? They'll think, well, I don't want to go to X, Y, (laughs) Z. Doesn't answer the question. But it's where our minds naturally want to gravitate. So let's first start and explore what forgiveness is not. 
It's not permission to continue whatever's going on. It's not a free pass for somebody else. They don't just get let off the hook, so to speak. It's not weakness. Mahatma Gandhi said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. It's also not approval or forgetting. Like the whole forgive and forget. I don't understand that. Forgiveness does not require forgetting. A few others, it's not an implied relationship. Because you forgive somebody doesn't mean the relationship has to continue. It also is not repair. So forgiveness and repair are two separate entities, not one and the same. It may require repair, but it doesn't imply it. It's also not pretending that everything's okay. None of those things are forgiveness. But yet, our minds may want to gravitate there. They may want to say that that person's going to get ahead if I forgive them. I'm weak. Like some of us really believe that we're the weaker party if we forgive. But we're not. When I was deployed, I worked with an amazing optometrist. Truly amazing. She had this beautiful spirit, warm, welcoming, team-focused, very concerned about serving. And she had two techs. They made a team of three. And they could do just about anything with regards to the eye. They can make glasses, make diagnoses, help repair. It's awesome. One day she told the story of her dad. Her dad was in an auto accident. And it was a significant one. He was probably in his 40s or 50s. And it was a young woman who caused the accident. Her mom reached out to the other driver when her dad passed away. And I think it was a short interval between the accident and him passing. And the optometrist said that her mom did so in a calm and loving way to let her know, let the young driver know what had happened because she wanted it to be from her. And I'll tell you, looking around the room, to those who were there, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Her mom, in the midst of what must have been an overwhelming emotional response reached out to a young woman with the knowledge that this woman's life is forever changed. How can I give this information in a peaceful and loving way? That's not what most people would do, right? Most people would be very caught up in blame and shame and want to prosecute. So we asked her, why'd your mom do that? because that was exactly the character of her dad. That no matter what, her dad believed at finding the best, the best within himself, the best within others, even during the hardest of times. She said her dad lived by the Optimist Creed, which is pretty cool. If you do a Google search on the Optimist Creed, it'll come up. And her mom did it out of love for her dad because that's exactly what he would have wanted. So is her mom weak? Did she give a free pass? Did she pretend it was all okay? Or that she approved of everything that happened? Did she have to forget? Or create an implied relationship? None of that, right? Some people may want to say it's different. That was her mom. She had a framework. I don't think anyone ever has a framework for how to respond to something sudden and unexpected, such as the passing of your spouse in the prime of their life. 
Certainly she had some tools. She had a deep understanding of her husband and what he stood for and wanting that to live on and the opportunity to share that in somebody who it could live through. Boy, saying the word forgiveness, that means we got to take a look at what's going on inside of us, right? Our stuff, that something, whatever it is that's there, that's something that needs forgiveness or may benefit from forgiveness. So those deep emotions, those strongly held, usually negative emotions, anger, hurt, resentment, betrayal, pain. What we do over time is we develop stories around it and beliefs around it. We've labeled it and we've applied lots of context to it. And it becomes us. It becomes a part of us. We identify with it. Or maybe it just feels that way. It's almost like we try to wall off or protect that part of our pain rather than wanting to let it go. And that's where the work is. Saying in your mind, not even out loud, but just saying in your mind those three words, I forgive you, so easy, right? But to say it with sincerity really means, no, it requires and it absolutely requires that we look at our stuff, that we see the pain. We're already feeling it, but moving from feeling it to seeing it and seeing the power that it has and the stories we've attached and the identity we've created around it and how much that we do maybe to avoid it, how much that we've labeled ourselves because of it and maybe labeled ourselves and what we think others have are labeling us about, what others think about us because of this, whatever it is. I think about doctors who have experienced unanticipated outcomes, which means pretty much 99.9% of doctors have experienced this. Term, unanticipated outcome, it encompasses anything. Medical error, all the way to complication, to side effect of medication, anything. Anything that even if there wasn't a high likelihood, it's something that happened that we didn't want to. So let's take one example, like a wrong surgical site. How much they must beat themselves up about it and label themselves and then assume that everyone who looks at them is labeling them the same way incompetent, uncaring, unprofessional. There was a leader in the hospital at the residency program I was at, and she shared her experience. She was a seasoned surgeon, probably mid-career, and it happened with one of her patients, the surgery she performed, and she shared the process to work through it. She shared how it affected her, how it affected the patient, how it affected their relationship, She shared it because she didn't want to hide and experience the shame and the suffering that went along with it. And she wanted to encourage and inspire others to do the same. Instead of hiding from the shame, instead of suffering alone, and then taking on new behaviors to shut that down, she offered her experience to process, to reach out, and to say that everything is forgivable. Everything and what she learned is that it started within her. If you're a doctor, think about those unexpected outcomes that you've experienced, regardless of what your relationship was with the outcome, meaning regardless of 
if you think you contributed to it or you added to it or you didn't stop it or whatever it was? How did it affect you then? How does it affect you now? Is it a sucker punch to the gut when it comes up? Does your head get foggy, lose your energy, chest get tight? I think of mine. And I can relive them again in an instant. And I think most people who practice medicine are the same way. Because we're not in control. And there are many people and lives and patients and families that come to mind where there was no happy ending. And we're just one part of this complicated system. And the human body is not one size fits all. The textbook doesn't apply to everyone. So for one person, a medication is curative. For another person, the medication may cause permanent damage or death. Same medicine. One size does not fit all. And unfortunately, the textbook doesn't tell us who it's not going to work for. For one person, the surgery was curative. They do well, walk out of the hospital. For another, there were complications and maybe even death. Even if everything was done exactly right, exactly how the textbook says it should be. So think of what didn't go right, what wasn't discussed, maybe what was missed or not in time. Is that forgivable? The answer is yes. You don't have to be a doctor. You can be anyone in the medical field. You can be a student observing. And you can even look at this from a broader perspective and be in any field where you have the responsibility to protect others and it didn't work. It wasn't enough. Maybe evil prevailed. Or maybe our actions were received by others as evil. Is that forgivable? Remember those three words, I forgive you. We can say them out loud in the mirror. We can think them. But can we really mean them? Only if we're willing to face that collection of emotion that hurts, right? We have to see the pain rather than live the pain. Rather than feel it and continue to carry it and think that we have no power. We have to make peace with it, that it's there. That we're imperfect. We don't always have the answer. We did our best. We tried. We didn't know. That others, whatever they did, they can't take anything from us anymore. They don't get our power anymore. No matter what happened, we are whole. Or we can work on ourselves to get there. And we're the only ones who can. That's forgiveness. Lewis Meads was a Christian author. And he said to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. When we don't forgive, it's holding on to the anger. It's containing the pain, even feeding it occasionally when it comes up. It's making life choices from that frame of reference. And you can see how it would make us sick. Like physically sick. It's hard to be angry and choose healthy, right? I'm going to choose foods that nourish me, help protect my body, provide energy. It's hard to be angry or hurting and choose healthy relationships. It's hard to be angry and work to deepen your faith. And I'm not implying that anything that needs forgiveness is out of anger. You can fit in whatever emotion that you're experiencing. Substitute it. And you can see how it's very difficult to hold on to one and want the other. It's hard to want to be positive or think that forgiveness is possible and work towards it when we're holding so tightly onto our hurt, our pain, 
our anger. What your mind may want to do right now is say, that's easy for her to say. What does she know? You're saying that someone, fill in the blank here, should forgive, fill in the blank, and there's something that's absolutely horrific because our mind wants to tell us that there's exceptions and maybe that our story is an exception as well and nobody else could understand because it's our story. It's different. My mind does it too. The mind wants to go, look at all those people in prison and the crimes that they committed and the people they hurt. Are you saying they should be forgiven? Here's what I'm saying. Forgiveness is for us. You never have to utter another word to another person ever because it's all within you and it's how you see you. It's how you direct your energy. It's how you open up and release pain rather than being controlled by it. Because right now, when we're holding on to something, something so tightly, something that is hurting us, that's our master. Forgiveness is accepting our humanity. We know more now. We are different now. We know what didn't work now. We know what hurts or what hurts somebody else or worse. And it's releasing our attachment to that imperfection. And it's finding the whole within ourselves or creating it. That's forgiveness. It's going to have secondary effects too. You'll notice that when you're forgiving of yourself, you're forgiving of others, and all of this work is going on inside of you, you're going to treat others differently. Your relationships are going to be different because you're not acting from a place of pain. You're not reacting or behaving. And that's such a bonus. You get to be you. So don't ever fool yourself to believe that you have to be different or tolerate or continue or that you're weak because of forgiveness. Max Licato said, Hatred is the rabid dog that turns on its owner. Revenge is the raging fire that consumes the arsonist. Bitterness is the trap that snares the hunter. Forgiveness is the antidote. It brings up vulnerability, right? To let go of anger to set down pain, to part from bitterness. Remember Brene Brown's definition, vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So here's what forgiveness looks like. Courage. Courage to acknowledge what is going on. Take a step back and see how we contribute to it, how we perpetuate it, how we create so much more hurt and suffering and how we carry it along. Courage to take action, which may look like going back into the operating room or ordering the medicine that's indicated or calling the patient and discussing whatever happened or having a conversation. It may look like starting again or offering grace, starting with the person in your mirror. Forgiveness looks like compassion Compassion to manage our mind and be patient. When our mind wants to go astray, when it wants to reach back to that pain, back to that familiar, back to we're a victim, it's gently reminding that we're not there. That is in us. We set that down. Or we are in the process of setting it down. Compassion to remember that our energy and our power are ours to direct. And we can do that through other lenses besides Anger, hatred, bitterness, 
judgment. It's also compassion to remember that others get to be exactly as they are. They are not there for us to control. Even if we want to be different, we want them to be different, we want the situation to be different, and especially if we're worried about others judging us. What that really means is we're judging ourselves. Forgiveness also looks like acceptance of the events, the past, the experiences, the words, whatever it was. Acceptance that it occurred and it's over. And we don't have to go back. We don't have to be defined by it. We don't have to create a future out of spite from it. We can also set down the expectations we have of others. Ultimately, what you get through forgiveness is peace and freedom and a connection to yourself and full responsibility for your life. You can write a new ending to that story. You can even be the hero of it. And the hero is living what they've learned rather than living from the pain. Bryant McGill said there's no love without forgiveness and there's no forgiveness without love. Here's a process to consider. First, believe that it may be possible to forgive. It's that simple. Just believe that it may be possible. And as you do, see the pain that you're holding on to. Give it a name. This is anger, hurt, betrayal, whatever it is. See that it's there and that you're holding on to it. And see the thoughts and the story around it. Well, it's because of this and that and this and that and this is how I've become. And this is why. Just see all that. No judgment. No trying to change it. Simply just seeing it. The next step is to see how it's affecting your life. The decisions you make or you don't make because of it. Because you're protecting that area of pain. You're protecting that story. See how it is affecting or disrupting your life and decide you don't have to buy into it. Remember the definition, it's to give up claim. And you can give up claim to those emotions. You can let them go. You can open up to courage, which leads to compassion, and that's followed by acceptance and ultimately freedom. The focus of this episode is all about forgiveness that occurs within you. That's where it starts. And maybe that's where it starts and that's where it ends. Or maybe not. Maybe once you start there, you're going to start reaching out to others. Who knows? Because when you've reached the point that there's peace within, that there's freedom within, your whole world is going to change. And it's going to be much different than you can even imagine. Because your frame of reference is not going to be through a lens of pain. It's impossible to imagine all the goodness, all the opportunity, all the possibility, all the relationships that are waiting for you when your lens that you're viewing life is through one of hurt. And you know, you never have to do this alone. There's a wide range of people that will walk with you on this journey. Here's some examples. A trusted loved one, a mentor, support groups around a specific issue, Your faith and the structure of your faith may have some built-in support. A coach, counselor, therapist, psychologist, physician, 
And you don't have to just pick one. You can find support in different places with different people because they're all going to work with you in a different capacity. Forgiveness. It's available. You can apply it to anything in your life. Through giving and receiving forgiveness, that's how you can experience the highest version of yourself. The one with love and freedom and peace. That's you. So where are you wanting forgiveness? Or needing it? Or seeking it? Or hiding from it and blocking it? And when will you decide to give it to yourself? Only you can. It's okay to start today. Not only that, it's okay to start and not have all the answers. It's okay to start and everything doesn't have to be fixed today. It's really just about starting. Let's go over those steps again. Believe that it may be possible to forgive anything. See the pain you're holding on to, the thoughts and the story around it, and then see how it's affecting your life. Decide that you no longer have to buy into that. You don't have to carry that. You don't have to own that anymore. And you can give up claim to those emotions and open up to courage, compassion, acceptance, and ultimately freedom. That quote that we covered, Lewis Meads, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. That's what's available to you. And as you do this, you move farther down the path to a phenomenal life and definitely farther away from the crowd. Three simple words. It starts with you. High five, all my best, and I'll see you next time. Are you ready for coaching? Ready for more in your life? Want to see what's possible? Then message me at Facebook, Dina George MD Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.